Welcome to the Global Discussion, <laughs> discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins and today I'm delighted to be joined by Heather Cooper. Heather, you're very welcome to the podcast. Let's begin by asking you a little bit about the world of AI, creativity, design, images, all that good stuff, because I know uh, you have a particular passion and interest in this area. So maybe let's talk about that a little bit first, Heather. So maybe for our audience, tell them a little bit about what you're doing in this AI world and why you find it so fascinating. Well, I create uh, visual content and I, I'm a content creator on Twitter. And I love visuals um, because they tell a story. They make it more e equitable for information. So it crosses barriers and obstacles with language, culture, education. Um, and that way people can see and get visualized things 60,000 times faster than uh, text. So I was always into that, um, that aspect of it. And I like leveling the playing field. I like equity for people with disability, with different um, conditions, um, or even just people who are busy. It helps them to have a visual reference. So AI, um, I at first I use the common AI products that everybody's using, Siri, Alexa, Grammarly, those types of things. You get they're just so commonplace and they come in handy. But then when AI uh, art or image generation came about, I started noticing that and I really enjoyed learning how to prompt and how do you get these images, what order, I was kind of obsessed with the order of the prompt. Do you have to have a subject first? Do you have to do, you know, an action after that, a color, descriptive, the lighting. So I was already pretty involved with that. Then when ChatGPT um, came out uh, within a day or so, I just noticed because I saw somebody else at another site, I think it was Tiny Wow actually, he was mentioning how this could be really great um, in order to write, you know, blog articles. And I write, I write on Medium, um, and I thought that would be interesting because I like to find tools to help create content. Period. So I know that SEO formatting and things like that that would help increase with that. That would be pretty helpful to get ideas for um, an article. Or even, I didn't believe that it would really be able to write an article. So the first time I tried it, within a day or two of it being available, I just, my mouth hit the um, desk and I couldn't believe like what I had in my hands. It was kind of like a treasure that I just like, how, we, I've never experienced anything like that in my life where I thought this something must be wrong. Do we have this much information available to us right now? I can't think of any other time in history when this has happened. So I kept kind of just going through different things and asking different questions. And I saw the potential immediately because I said, oh, this could help anybody. And especially because of uh, the, the way I feel about opening access to everybody. A lot of people, you're held back because you don't have access to information. So how do you access it from ChatGPT or any type of AI? How do you talk to it? How do you pose a question? You know, how do you structure? What What do you want to know? And can you plan it out? So that became a new focus. So to learning how to talk to GPT product, GPT, um, or just generative AI in general. Period. Learning how to communicate with it and work with it, and to create. I wanted to show people 
you don't have to be a machine learning data scientist or computer science or anything like that. You don't have to be a videographer, you know, have a ton of experience. Just learn there are tools out there that can do this for us and that can help us get there. And there's a lot of free information out there with people like myself, even just creating content. There's a lot out there to understand. So most of the editing tools, oh, they, they include AI, you know, the best editing tools for all resizing and different things like that. So there's just so much potential. And I want to teach people who are not, they don't have a background in design like myself. I don't have a background in art. I'm a healthcare professional who likes to do this and create content. So that makes, um, I want them to understand if I can do it, you can too. Let me give you the tools to make it happen. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Heather, because you, you've you've touched on a very important part there. And on one hand, we've got this wealth of information almost in the palm of our hands if we're holding a smartphone or if we're at the keyboard. We've got access to this vast amount of information that we, in human history, we haven't been able to interface with that amount of information in this sort of more human way, in inverted commas, Um and it's true, though, you do need a little bit of understanding about how to, as you say, structure a prompt. Now, some people listening to this will know what prompts are. And there's people out there selling prompts and super prompts and mega prompts and everything else. Uh, but there's other people that won't quite get that. And the closest I've got to it is it's somewhere between just talking as a regular human and then people who maybe know how to code in software. There's a certain way that if you sort of instruct the AI to do things in a certain manner, it, that you'll get better outputs from it. it. So how would you explain that to say somebody that isn't doing what you're doing, isn't using tools like Midjourney or GPT-4, uh, ChatGPT, uh, or other generative AI tools? How would you go about sort of framing that just so people can understand exactly what you mean? Because it, it's that human interface into AI that you have to get right at the moment. Right. Now, that's a very good point. And first, I would tell people that it's the some people try to test it to see if it's giving the right or wrong answer. And that's not what the purpose of it is. It's not necessarily even just to give us information. It's a large language model. Um, the ones that are the generative um, AI and they are learning through human conversation and through interaction to have a dialogue. So just as if you were talking to another person and you wanted to find out information, you'd have to structure your question to them in a certain way, or they're probably not going to be able to give, give you directions to get to the actual store that you want to go to or the school. And to think about it in that way, where it will give you back what you ask, but you have to think about maybe the way you're structuring what question? If you if it's an open-ended question, it depends. You might get a, an answer. It could be in another direction, and that's there's use for that also. Sometimes it's just a uh, brainstorm, but to find out, say for instance, what was the which battle was fought um, in this war um, for the particular, you know, you might want to give them more details and what was the background to that because that's information that the this uh, AI has available basically anything on the internet and that happened up until 2021 
um, possibly 2022 now, I'm not sure. They've, um, I think they've gotten a little better. So think about what, if you were able to walk into any library or whatever, um, and for, for something like that, well, how would you go about looking for that? What is the subject? What is the topic for the, what, where, what's the setting? You wanna set the scene. You wanna have a question and the setting where like the scene or the reason behind it or a feeling, and then you can tell it how you want that answer, that information. So if you want it to summarize, um, if you want it to summarize uh, an article that you're reading, if you don't have time to read it, you wanna ask it, please summarize this with the most important points in, a, in bullet point. I just wanna have, I want a quick read in less than a hundred words and say that, and what about, and then you can ask questions for follow-up questions after that to say, could you explain what this sentence means? You can drop, um, copy and paste it, or just say, what do you mean by this particular thing within that document? So it's not cheating, where you're just kind of, it's sort of like you have a personal explainer or tutor for most of the things. So if you have a question, about how do I get this to work? I wanna um, put this together. How would I find out how to put this bicycle together? Um, what's the make and model of it? And ask it in a way that it can give you the information you need. If you don't ask it uh, the question clearly enough, then it just gives you a vague answer or something that's just trying to fill in a little space there. And it'll tell you when it cannot answer that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think, you know, it's almost as though you have this super assistant working mm -hmm. with you on a 24 seven basis available to you anytime, unless the servers aren't overloaded, but I haven't seen that in a while. Yes. I know some people are paying <laughs> for access now to overcome that certain challenge. Um, but it still, it still happens even with that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but it, it is incredible. Um, and it is mind-blowingly good. And it's one of those things that the more the more you sort of get used to working with it in a particular way, the more it surprises you. At least that's my oh, absolutely. response to it. But I want to ask you a little bit about the art side of it as well, because in terms of the written word, it's extremely powerful. And yes, there are cautionary tales, but but you know, in the grander scheme of things, it is an extraordinary tool. But what about AI and art? Because when you look at the early adopters in this AI field, as in the users, I mean, you know, the people, the mm -hmm. early adopters that are at that beginning of the bell curve and now have access to these tools, the sheer quality of the images that people are producing, the video frames that people are producing using AI, it is staggeringly good. And yes. I know you know a lot of people in this space and see this on yes. a daily basis, right? Yes, and yes, also for just image, just basic image generation, since in the, it hasn't even been six months, I don't think. Um, I think I started using the image generators around July, maybe, August, no, August or September, actually. It was pretty late last year, but 
the way that you would get things that were okay, you know, and faces and humans, you probably didn't want to go there if you could help it, because that could be scary. But this, the quality of it, it just kind of accelerated um, over, it took a couple months, it was pretty basic, but then slowly but surely it got a little bit better, a little bit better. And now, yeah, it's amazing. I cannot believe that I can type in something and there's so many different um, generators um, in that it's the thing, the type of quality that you can get from this with less prompting too, because the more people that are using it, you don't have to be super specific anymore. You can be pretty vague. Um, if I mean, they have in Canva, that's people, how many millions of people use that? That's one of the shortest um, descriptions, the, the text description or the prompt it's just describing what you want to ask or what you want to see and that is it's so short you don't even have to have a full sentence and it will produce an entire you know thing an entire image for you it could fill up the screen or whatever and I think that um that that's been it unlocked a lot of creativity with people and that is the the probably the best thing about this is that you're all everything now I look at it at, with a creative lens even more so not just what kind of content can I create it's like how when I see an image I wonder what that would look like with the animation or if I had this background or if it had this music and um if I wanted to write about something on Twitter maybe how could I get people to pay attention to it? I have had visuals with everything. That was already a draw, but now it's like, you don't just want a visual. How can I really grab them? What kind of visual will grab them? And it, you, it's, a, it's a rush because you see your imagination that you weren't even, you didn't, you might not have been able to visualize it yourself, but when you see something on the screen that uh, resulted from your prompt, it's amazing because you're, you feel like your creativity is unleashed. And we hear, I hear that a lot, unlocked and unleashed, but it truly is. And it's, it's such a, it's a, it's a, it's a very good feeling. So it's not maybe sometimes dopamine and it's a endorphin rush, but it's just so satisfying to be able to see something you created. And it's kind of close to, I learned how to code last year. The first time that I saw my hello world was like, what? I, you know, and I was hooked. It's kind of like, well, you know, I don't want to learn how to code, but you saw I did that on the screen. So what else can I create? And that's kind of how this is too. But it's it's amazing how um, you know, you feel like not an artist, but creative. Yeah, it's a great point. And you mentioned Canva. It's a great tool. Lots of people are familiar with Canva. And their their latest update at the time of us recording this really has jumped forward with AI. And I think the other one that springs to mind for me is Firefly, Adobe Firefly. They put a lot of work into that. And they used a different data set, obviously, uh, because they're very much into um, their own imagery and data yes. to train the engines, et cetera. Uh, but even so, the the ability to use AI in things like Photoshop and other Adobe tools, it's staggeringly good. Things that would have taken me or others or, or creators or designers hours and hours of work, you can now, to some degree, just say, I want this, I want that, and it will do it within seconds. It is staggeringly 
effective. Uh, and of course, Mid Journey Five, uh, you took me back there, and you sort of have to remember that it was only sort of half a year ago where we were all yeah. struggling with fingers on human hands and right. distorted faces, and and now oh. it's it gets it right ninety percent of the time, ninety five. Yeah, it's pretty good. It is good, and it is not just Mid Journey too, you know. And I try to um, put out a lot of information about all these other generators because a lot I was intimidated by mid-journey as I'm sure a lot are and discord is a whole nother beast all together once you get used to it but uh, the vast majority of people just aren't don't they're going they're not going to do that so when you have um things that are free there's so many free um image generating tools and they're also in they're embedded into a lot of platforms that people use for other purposes like canva or um, uh, Creative Fabrica, uh, different sites for just regular image up. Um, editing. I think Shutterstock will have theirs. I mean, just think of all the things that people use, like it's uh, school graduations and inviting people's Christmas cards at Microsoft Designer. One of their that is one of the that is just amazing. I've been I got access to that in December, and that's another thing. We just type a word in and it starts building your document card um, invitation and it'll start giving you ideas of what to use along with that. You put a picture in and it'll say, hey, here's a layout for you. Instead of just the um, the standard templates, it, it helps you think of ways to lay it out. But yes, they, the way that these sites have evolved is amazing. And um, I thought that this would be much more expensive but I think it's pretty, there's enough out there for people to use. You don't really have to spend any money to do this at all. Yeah, it's a great point, Heather. And I think in, in March, 2023, the amount of AI tools that came onto the market was staggering. I mean, I think that's the busiest I've ever seen it, but it still continues, you know, yeah. in, in the subsequent months because Somebody asked me the other day, you know, what do you think about all the alternatives? And I'm still going through months ago, you know, things that were released that I haven't even done yet. And, you know, you get mm -hmm. early access to a few things and you jump onto that, et cetera. Um, and it, it is uh, incredible. And I think one of the newer developments, although by the time this airs, it probably won't be a newer development is, but there are other engines now that can remember and have more of a mid to long-term memory. So you're not creating a new sort of discussion. I know you can go back to a discussion or a thread and you can add to it and change things and it will remember, but the sort of long-term memory uh, and that more human feeling, you know, the way you can talk to a human and say, do you remember we spoke about that thing a year ago and you, we did this and we went on that trip. AI is sort of, some people are building on top of the engines that are there and the, the large language models that are there in order to provide that level of long-term memory. So it will remember and almost become this personal assistant where you can jump in at any time. That that's sort of jumping in and jumping out. And maybe we move away from prompts in the future and it just becomes like natural language, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's exactly what's happening um, because yeah, the, the natural language processing, it it's learning and that's what the point for a lot of things were, but it also will help us and it is learning more and more where you're not going to need that much of a um, skill in prompting because it's going to be able to 
art, you don't have to be able to articulate yourself as much for it. And it can kind of take, infer what you would like to have. And then it's up to you to decide whether or not you want that that information is correct. But it's funny that you say personal um, AI, the personalized, just yesterday, personal AI. Um, you know, I, I that uh, app that will be basically your memory stack is how they uh, described it on the live um, launch. And just seeing it like that, thinking about it like that, like well, today it's personal AI. This particular, that's the name of the app. And you just train your own memory and provide information to stack onto the memories you want it to have. And it can even interact with other people for you where it can ask, they can just talk to my personal AI and I have a, a separate avatar for her to answer them. <laughs> but think about that's it again today, it's April right now. By July, I, I really, I'm not, I don't really know what to say. There's just so much out there and it's like we're, every month it's going faster the uh, advancements, it's like lightning speed where there's so many people working on this and there's so much creativity out there and people that are actually solving problems. That's the best part that we have all this. And yeah, it's fun to have this type of thing, but you are, you know, even for AI art, the way I use it, I, it's productivity for me because I can produce so much information, so many different images that I can use across Notion, or this, I can use it as a, a web, something that I'm going to put up content. I can use it as a uh, cover for a book. I can use it for my headline image for a medium article. There's, I can use it for family to, you know, make cards or to give them something special. Um, it's, there's just so many little things that I can do with it. And you could say, well, my son for graduation pictures or something like that. Why should I buy them? I'll just go ahead and, you know, uh, I got the digital file. I ordered that and I can make it into whatever I want. Posters, t-shirts, whatever. There's just so many different things you can do with it. Yeah, it is. It is rapidly changing. Um, and who knows where we'll be in a few short months. And I, <laughs> I, I, I put out a post recently, you know, imagine this in three years or five years or 10 years. It, it's scary. It's, it's exciting and scary all rolled into one. Um, yeah. But the, there's so much, there's so much going on. And I think the word that you use there, I just wanted to pause on for a moment. I think productivity, people that are actually diving into this, the productivity gains are incredible. And I was looking at the recent AI report from Stanford that came out very recently at the time of recording. It's the 2023 uh, AI report. And, you know, there's a lot of examples in there about just talking to people about how much productivity gains, you know, and people are saying 70%, 59%. I can't remember the stats exactly, but extremely high levels of productivity. It's saving so much time um, in terms of getting tasks done and the other thing that i think we should mention uh, while we're here heather is ai for good and you you were sort of talking about that at the top and about you know leveling the playing field i know there are parts of the world and, and people in some uh, situations where they're not part of this ai world at the moment 
but it, it is going to help us to level out things, to solve more problems, to produce better answers. Um, and I just hope that we can really focus on that AI for good, because uh, there's enough doomsayers out there around this AI world, isn't there? Yes. And it's kind of like the way I see it is there are always going to be bad actors and there's greed and there's people that are just doing it for whatever capitalist reasons or things like that. But you can have it um, design an NGO for you, give you an idea. For, there's things that I think there's going to be so many things that come out that it will offset that. And it may not be, I don't think you could ever have an even balance, but the type of things that are there, that the ability to do different things with this, like the visual, uh, controlling things with your um, eye movements, to think of the, the medical implications for that or for people. I, I was really involved, I like accessibility, web, web accessibility, particularly for neurodivergent people or people with neurodiverse conditions and ADHD, dyslexia, autism. And just the smallest things can make uh, their experience, the user experience a lot better. You just, the way you structure your text and the way you um, watch your speeds and the types of background colors and, and patterns. But for those type of people and others that have dementia even, or they have Parkinson's, they may not, people might not be able to access a laptop or a keyboard or a mouse. So those kinds of things would help for those people too, so that there are other ways you could, they're not gonna have a touch screen necessarily. You can help them with accessibility with that. But the advancements for medicine, for education, for, um, I mean, if you have kids that are, they don't have a parent that could be at home helping them learn how to read. And you have a, you can talk to your book, you know, this, the things that they, it can just, it's not going to take the place of humans, but there is so much that can be done with this. And it's just the productivity and just solving problems. I had to create a spreadsheet for me for my um, uh, taxes. I was recently doing, trying to figure out business taxes and I wasn't sure how to get the columns ready. It said, oh, I'm sorry, you know, let me, let me correct that for you. That was nice, nice touch. But just something like that, talk about saving time, you know, <laughs> I was able to create a very uh, functional Excel spreadsheet with complete with formulas. So in order to get that plug in that information, you know, it's like, well, here, try this, try that. Just little things like that, where that's not my job, but it sure saved me hours of doing that. But there's just, I think there's so much out there because we're, we're almost right at the tip of discovery for a lot of things like cancer, um, understanding dementia, what causes it, what's happening. With AI, there's more that it can go further and say they are close to figuring something out. If they just need a little push there with a little additional information or with the processing that the they analysis that GPT uh, products can, uh, tools can provide to get you to that last step of discovery. Yeah, you make some excellent points, Heather. And who knows, I mean, GTP six, seven, eight, and nine, I, I, it's hard to get your head around where we're going to be. But I think you've made some excellent points there. Thank you for sharing that.
And look, yeah. while we're still in the human world for a moment, let's talk a little bit about learning styles. Do you like to read books? Do you like to listen to audio? Are you constantly scanning the internet for information on AI? Or do you just like going for a coffee and talking to people? Like, How does the learning work for you in today's busy world? Yeah, it's funny because I, I am a lifelong, I've, I've read since I was like three or four years old, actually, tons of books, novels. And um, I, I used to read a lot of current events, lots of news um, and different things. I've watched a lot of news and different shows. But in the past couple of years, that's kind of died down a little bit um, because it was it, the tone changed a lot. And once I started um, creating um, it full more, not full time, but once I started creating content, especially on Twitter, since I primarily used Twitter before for news, I didn't realize there was a whole nother segment of it that is not talking about the news of the day. It's unless it's related to those topics on uh, writing and um, entrepreneurship and that marketing. So I find myself where I consume a ton of content and mostly from Twitter, from Medium, things like that, different articles, but I can absorb a lot very quickly and I can kind of file it away in my mind for later. So my learning style now is, I when I learned how to code, it taught me how to learn. Le I learned how to learn things that, um, you know, through processes and doc documentation in order to produce something. So now that I understand that and I know what to look for, when I'm looking, the way I learn how to use these tools and different things like that, there's a certain way where I know, well, I can always go to the docs and, you know, check this out or even the FAQs or whatever. And YouTube supplemented with YouTube videos if I need to. That is very helpful. And these AI summarizers are extremely helpful for that. But I mostly kind of just go through and the things that I'm interested in or things that I are kind of related to something that I might be doing or talking about. I can absorb that and just go through, but I don't read. I don't know what's happening on most current events a lot of time, unless I'm kind of on the periphery. I figure if I need to know, I'll know. Yeah. <laughs> There's like that's probably a good go thing, vote. Heather. That's probably yeah, a good that, thing. that's a, it, it's it's definitely improved my mood a lot. But yeah, I go to different, and I also try to go to several sources to kind of um, back up, like fact check information, because I don't take any like the way somebody is describing these tools or the way they're using it is different than another person and may not be wrong but there's different that I I, I learn visually but also kind of analytically that makes I like sense that. I'm kinda, I'm I like both. that. <laughs> it, I was talking to Lisa Don, Liza Donnelly who's a New York Times cartoonist and she she talks a lot about creating a whole story just from one image and sometimes with a twist of humor or a twist of satire and I think learning through imagery as well is such a powerful medium because it's instant and you can take in a whole scene and a whole story just from an, an image or a feeling you can get from an image and I think that's a real a real good opportunity and I think you also touched on education a little bit and almost that relearning of how to learn and how mm -hmm. to go about things. And I think there's a we could do a whole podcast series on the education, what we're learning in school today versus what we need in the real world. 
and the change to the the future of work and what this AI means to, to all that. That's a whole other day's discussion, but you've touched on some really important points there. Another thing I want to squeeze in before we run out of time, uh, Heather, is a little bit about your journey in terms of people that have inspired you, people that motivate you, people that look up to you, and or any advice that you've got or that you've picked up along the way. What springs to mind when I ask you that? Well, um, people that persevere, perseverance, and I have a lot of people who've influenced me for different reasons in my life. And um, my mother, for instance, she had breast cancer twice, once when I was a little girl, she in her 30s. Then she had it again when I had kids um, 30 years later. She's still here. And but I remember growing up and watching her um, get dressed and she had a prosthetic a breast and the way she would carry herself. You would never know. I knew like the way, you know, you, you hold your head up, you keep going. I didn't see her crying and things like that. I'm not saying that that's good, but she was an educator and both of my parents were educators. Uh, they met in college and as uh, they were um, becoming teachers, learning, you know, getting their degrees. Then they ended up working together with disadvantaged youth that were in, incarcerated, but going to high school. But that, my mother, an excellent resource for that. My father, he believed in everybody. He was the one where he didn't care. He's like, you could have messed up. You could be in jail, but you can, you can do things later. He ended up going to other high schools, public high schools after that. And he has people that ran, they won Olympic medals um, they, because he told them, the one uh, athlete, he told her in ninth grade, he had her come and meet me. He said, this is my daughter. She does very well. If you study, you can be like this, but you're also really good, a good runner. You can do well. You can win. You're, you can beat, you know, whoever in the world. She went out there and did it multiple times, um, gold medalist. But he didn't get anything from that other than saying, like, I told her, I knew she was going to, I knew she could do it. So believing that everybody has potential to, for greatness, it doesn't matter what your background is and you have the potential, you use skills you have. So both my parents in different ways, they influenced me and um, just, I lost my train of thought, but that and also my kids um, having my, I have one daughter and three sons and I want them to see what it means. Like when you want to learn something, when I was learning how to code, I, they, they thought, mom, when are you going to come out there? But I had to get it done. I didn't want to fail and I wanted to see it through. And I knew that it would be beneficial later. And I wanted them to see that, like I always tell them, anything worthwhile, it's going to, it's going to cost some kind of way. You're going to have to put, it's going to hurt sometimes and it's going to cost. So that type of thing, it's been my mantra. Well, thank you so much indeed. There's some wonderful examples there with your your mom and your dad. And uh, I think, you know, yeah, having to put the work in sometimes and learn new things, I think that's a great trait to share with people as advice. So thank you, Heather. Uh, and I suppose the last thing, as we come to the end of our time together today, although I feel we could talk for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> um, I just want to ask you two quick things. Number one is, have I missed anything? Is there anything else you want to you want to mention? And if not, that's perfectly fine. But also, if people want to connect with you, where do you want to send people to, Heather? So, well, I I would like to um, 
send people to my newsletter or, or Substack blog. I, I'm very excited about the things that Substack is doing as far as opening up. Um, it's making it more, they have short form now, notes, the podcasts, um, audio, video, and cross-collaboration with other newsletters and the other writers. So I would encourage everybody, I'm going to put more content on to Substack that will be more detailed. Things that are too heavy or too much to put on Twitter. Uh, I would say Twitter first and then Substack. I do write on Medium and I write, I have quite a few articles on there. So I'm trying to, as I automate more with my AI, continue writing more on Medium because if I can write an article in about 20 minutes now especially, you know, a shorter form article. It's, I've been able to summarize it and it's, that's me writing, not the AI. But if I know what my headers are going to be and things like that, I can get it done faster. But I'd appreciate, yeah, Twitter, Substack. It's at visually, a, it's Heather B. Cooper at Substack.com. And I have a newsletter called Visually AI and I'm going to develop some more products. And on Twitter, what's your handle on Twitter, Heather? At hbcoop underscore H-B-Coop, at hbcoop underscore bravo charlie uh, oop underscore yeah well that's great so look head over to substack and twitter to check out everything that heather's doing heather i want to thank you so much for being a guest today on the global discussion i want to thank everybody for watching or listening to our episode and our discussion today it's been fascinating to dive into this whole creator world of AI. Thank you so much. Make sure that people like, follow, subscribe, do everything I need them to do to help support this podcast. And I hope that they'll meet me back here for more discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. So thank you, Heather. It's been lovely to talk to you today. Thank you, you too. I really appreciate this, Simon. It's such a, a cool opportunity. It's my first podcast. So thank you very much. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> 